Chapter 8 of Rational Theology as Taught by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by John Andreas Widsow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. Chapter 8 Man's Free Agency the question of the rights of each intelligent being as pertaining to himself and to all others must always have been and must always remain a chief one in the beginning in each intelligent being has resided from the beginning an individual and distinct will which of itself has been acting in some degree upon the external universe each being with its developing will has learned more and more of natural forces and of the methods of controlling them. Each has striven to adapt his knowledge of surrounding forces to his own particular needs or desires. Clearly, since many wills have been so engaged, it might easily occur that different wills might use acquired knowledge in different ways to suit their different desires. It is easily conceivable, therefore, that one will might attempt to so control the surrounding forces as to give itself joy, yet to affect another will adversely. In general, whatever is desirable for one is desirable for all, since all spirits are cast in the same mold and have the same derivation. Nevertheless, when individuality is assumed, it is equally clear that there is always a possibility of one will crossing another to the detriment of one or possibly both the universal plan may follow its developing path unhindered only when all the intelligent beings within it labor harmoniously together for the upbuilding of each and all the only solution for the problem of the possible conflicts resulting from the activities of a great number of beings is an agreement among them relating to the general good laws established for the community of beings must be obeyed as rigidly as those found in external nature each may act freely and to his full power in any desired way so long as the general laws respecting the freedom of all others are not violated the right of an individual can never transcend the rights of the community the council in heaven a dim though wonderfully attractive picture has come down of an event in the spiritual estate of man the first estate that deals directly with the great question of the one and the many the individual and the community there had been born in time a family of spirits the innumerable destined hosts of earth who at length seemed fitted for further education in another field god the father of these spirits saw that they were ready for further light and came down among them to discuss their future as the supreme being god had in mind a plan the great plan whereby each spirit could enter upon his second estate and become acquainted with the properties of gross matter however as each intelligent spirit possessed a free and untrammeled will which must be respected God called together the spirits in question and presented the plan for their approval. In the great council then held, of which a dim and distant picture only has been left, the great question was with respect to man's free agency. The essence of the proposed plan 
was that the spirits forgetting temporarily their sojourn in their spirit home should be given a body of grosser matter and should be subject to this form of universal matter and even be brought into a temporal death to bring an eternal free spirit under the bondage of matter and forgetfulness it was necessary for some one to begin the work by figuratively speaking breaking a law so that the race might be brought under the subjection of death this may be likened roughly to the deliberate breaking for purposes of repair or extension of a wire carrying power to light a city some one had to divert the current of eternal existence and thus temporarily bring man's earthly body under the subjection of gross matter adam the first man was chosen to do this work by the deliberate breaking of a spiritual law he placed himself under the ban of earthly death and transmitted to all his posterity the subjection to death this was the so-called sin of adam to obtain or give greater joys smaller pains may often have to be endured the need of a savior the purpose of the earth career was however twofold to learn to understand gross matter and to acquire a body made of the essence of such matter the bodies laid in the grave must therefore be raised again as the spirits by their own act had not brought upon themselves death so by their own act they should not conquer it it was necessary therefore that some one in time should reunite the broken wires and re-establish the flow of eternal life and thus to conquer death for this work jesus christ was chosen jesus actually came on earth lived and taught the ancient gospel again to the children of men and in time suffered death so that the act of adam might be atoned for by this work the purpose of the earth life was completed and thus jesus christ became the central figure in the plan of salvation why death so called should be necessary for us to achieve an intimate knowledge of matter and why jesus should die to permit the current of eternal life to flow freely between the earthly body and the eternal spirit are not fully known through adam man was brought on earth subject to death through jesus the christ he was lifted out of death to continue an eternal life in association with the earth acquired body man's part in the great plan in this great gathering in the heavens many questions arose by adam man was to come on earth by jesus he was to be resurrected in both of these great acts man had no part beyond permitting himself to be acted upon in the plan what was to be man's part lucifer a great leader in the council proposed that since others were acting for man and bringing him on and taking him away from the earth it was not necessary for man during this earth career to exercise his own will lucifer proposed that in spite of himself his will his desires and his individuality man should be placed on earth and be taken from it and without effort be filled with the knowledge of earth conditions all men should be forced into salvation jesus christ who became the savior of men objected this change in god's plan as it interfered with the essential right of intelligent beings to act for themselves jesus insisted that as without will there can be no growth 
Man, placed on earth through the agency of Adam, and resurrected and brought into a full life through the agency of Jesus, should retain, during his earth career, his full free agency. Though he might walk in unforgetfulness of the past and have no visions of the future, he would yet be allowed a free and untrammeled agency as he walked in the clearness of the earth's day. While upon earth he might learn much or little, might accept a law or reject it, just as he had been privileged to do in all days that had gone before. These two views regarding man's part in the plan led, we are told, to a great difference of opinion among the spirits. Naturally, the first proposition appealed to many, for it is the easy way of obtaining victory, if victory it may be called. The other way seems always somewhat hard and bitter, though in the end the joy obtained surpasses that attained without effort. Lucifer, who led the fight for the first method, could not agree to the original plan which was finally accepted, and so in that great dim day many of the spirits followed Lucifer and have not yet entered upon their earth careers, but are independently and in opposition to God's will, following paths that are not leading them onward. The majority accepted God's law, as championed by the Son, though it is said that many weak and fearful spirits remain neutral, daring neither to accept nor reject either proposition. The hosts who accepted the plan of God girded themselves with the necessary strength to begin the pilgrimage, ending in an earthly death, but reaching, through the resurrection, into an eternal life of exceedingly great progress. Free Agency on the earth, as elsewhere then, the free agency of man, as expressed in the individual will, is supreme. Though our environment is that of gross matter, and though we dwell in forgetfulness of the past, our free agency is as vigorous as ever. However, the free agency of man cannot transcend the plan which all of us of earth accepted, together in the day of the great council. Man's will is always circumscribed by great laws that are self-existent, or that are formulated or may be formulated for the benefit of the race. The many may devise laws whereby individual and community progress are simultaneous. It is the full right of the individual to exercise his will in any way that does not interfere with the laws made for the many, and, under proper conditions, the laws for the many are of equal value to the individual. Under the law, we are free. End of chapter 8